With us today is Dr. Stephen Tates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and uh, he is one smart guy, and I enjoy listening to him every Sunday. I look up in, in the sky and I scratch my head. I said, what the heck is up there? But Dr. <laughs> but Steve Tates tells us what's up there. Steve, what's the big stories this week? Well, John, we have really a jam-packed program here on the Cats Roundtable, but let's talk a little bit about something happening closer to home in space. For the first time in history, the FCC at least has issued a fine toward a company that had a large space satellite up there for communications. It's one of the DISH network satellites known as Echo Star 7. Now, this is unprecedented. We all talk about the propensity of space debris and junk in the upper atmosphere and out in space. But what they did, they issued a $150,000 fine. But you really can't blame the good folks at DISH because here's what the backstory is. In 2012, they pledged to elevate the satellite to 190 miles to move it up and away from what might be considered a you know, potential debris field. Well, they did the best they could. And this at the time, the satellite, John, was exempt from any regulations. So DISH has a good track record overall on keeping these spacecraft you know, in proper orbit. But it's interesting. It's the first time in uh, history that we're seeing a fine issued on people that have space assets. Isn't that an incredible story to begin with? Well, it had to start sometime. I mean, uh, are they, who, who's going to be issuing uh, mortgages for the homes they're going to build up in the moon in 2035? Absolutely, John. Well, here's another factoid as we move on to another subject, but this is incredible. The European Space Agency says that there's over one million pieces of space degree that are larger than one centimeter. So obviously we're needing this, this type of control in space, and you're so right, and so many other people, you can't have a highway that's littered with debris if you expect to get through it, but that's a whole other story as we move forward. On the brighter side... We, John, we, we need about... one, one big satellite uh, sanitation truck. Well, I think that's in the works. We've been talking about this uh, in previous editions here on the CATS Roundtable, that there are probably spacecraft, I don't know for certain, I don't think anybody really knows, that are going to be like large vacuum cleaners to suck up a lot of this space debris. But as I mentioned before, John, on a brighter note, the space program celebrates its 66th anniversary as we move on from October 4th, 1957, with that tiny little Soviet spacecraft, which we all know as Sputnik 1. And that heralded in the space program. But, John, isn't that amazing? In just 66 years, look where we are today. It's an amazing amount, a big leap of uh, technology, totally mind-boggling and amazing to me, and I'm sure so many people out there. What say you on that? Um, I think we have to keep going. But there's a, a couple of problems like me and you uh, discussed. Uh, there's some fundamental problems about putting human beings out there without solving the radiation problem upon the human beings. Absolutely, John. We talked about this. And I know Dr. Mikolos and his expertise, he talked about it even more in specifics. The radiation problem that we have, that we, when we send astronauts, male and female, out, and maybe even animals, out into space, these are some of the concerns that we really do have. But there's something else going on that's interesting here. There was going to be a launch earlier this week of another NASA space probe heading out to an asteroid. This one's been delayed till October the 12th. It's called the Psych Mission. It's the most amazing asteroid that this spacecraft is headed to. 
How about an asteroid that's really almost 100% made of metal, nickel, iron, precious metals, gold, maybe even diamonds, this object over a mile and you know, across. But what's going on about this is this spacecraft will hopefully rendezvous, and maybe in the future, who knows, maybe we'll be starting this asteroidal mining program. John, they're alleging in real dollars that the value of this asteroid could be, get a load of this number, $10 quadrillion. What's that? That's 90 times the world's $110 trillion, you know, total value of all the things that are produced in the entire world. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could start doing asteroidal mining and hopefully bring it down to a price that's affordable for the future of mankind? That's incredible. It is incredible, but when you have that much supply, the price goes down, so the numbers will change a little bit. Absolutely. We always go with the mystery of the week, John. Here's one that's really fascinating. Again, the James Webb Telescope doing an incredible job. Most amazing uh, things that they're discovering. 1,300-plus light years away is the Orion Nebula. People can actually see it as Orion rises in a pair of binoculars. Deep within this Orion Nebula is some group of four little tiny stars called the trapezium. And what's inside there that the James Webb is finding are these little binary objects called jumbos. They're larger than the planet Jupiter, but smaller than brown dwarf stars. And what's so odd about it is they're probably early evolution stars. Basically, simply, John, it's a birthplace of stars. But we don't know why they're stuck together they're like little blobs out in space, but don't call them little, right? They're tremendous in size. They're early stars. The great work that the James Webb Telescope is doing is just totally mind-boggling. We could go on for hours about it here on the Cats Roundtable, but I find that amazing. I mean, the protostars that are that close to us that we can actually see that far away. Well, there's so many mysteries out there. My only dream is that me and you live long enough to see some of these mysteries solved. I hope so, John. And then closing the live sky, I want to remind the listeners of the entire Cats Roundtable across the nation and around the world. In mostly the main, you know, main 50 states here in the United States, particularly the four you know, contiguous states, east to west, we get a rather interesting annular solar eclipse that passes through six western states on Saturday morning, October the 14th, and we'll have in a few days, we'll have an update at wabcradio.com with the Dr. Sky experience. Let everybody know how to see it. But always remember this. For this particular eclipse, it's called a ring of fire because the moon is too small to cover the whole sun. So you really do need those safe, protective solar glasses. And a really cool way to do it, John, we do this with a lot of our education for children, is you take a basic saltine cracker, that's right, a saltine cracker that has some 13 holes, hold that cracker as your son is to the back of you, and that cracker in one hand and a sheet of paper beyond, let the light of those little holes in the saltine cracker during the eclipse, you know what you're going to see? 13 what? little crescent-shaped eclipses, which is totally amazing. Kids love wow. it and people of all ages. It's always amazing, John, to talk about these subjects as well. We open people's minds on Sunday on the Cats Roundtable, and it's a privilege and honor to be here. Thank you so much. Steve Cates, thank you for opening our minds and uh, making us wonder about things. And uh, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much. Have a good morning. Thank you. Thank you.